Can we remember what they are? Have we been practicing them? I hope not. <laughs> so we did pride, envy, greed, gluttony, lust, wrath. Yeah, anger, wrath. And today we're on to sloth. You know, I just can't be bothered. (laughs) Let me just uh, ground you a little bit. Because we call these things deadly. But as Christians, they're not. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. There is no condemnation for you who is in Christ Jesus. If you confess your sins, he is just and faithful and he will, he will forgive you. So where this came from was a, a pope called Pope Gregory the Great, the back end of the 6th century. He, he read all the Bible and he put things into categories as he was going through. And he came up with seven categories of sin. And so when he got to, to, to sloth, I wondered where you got the category from. You know, as, 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 as much as I rattle through the Bible, in my mind, there's not many stories about laziness. I mean, God didn't turn up to, to this man and whisper in his ear, I'd like you to build a boat, a huge boat, and we'll fill it with animals, and there'll be a big flood, and you'll save your family. You'll be great. And him going, ah, car. You can ask someone else, God. I, I, I don't fancy it. You know what I mean? I don't want to build a boat. <laughs> oh, God, being with this young man as he comes to bring his brother some food. And God stirs his heart as this giant of a fella is screaming insults at his God. And he goes, oh, it's all right. And God's big enough. To deal with it himself. And so David wanders home. Or Peter in the boat. Is that you, Jesus? Shouts Peter. And Jesus says, yes, it's me. Come, walk towards me. No, I don't think so. It's a bit wet. I'll stay in the boat, thank you very much. But when he called Paul. Oh, he would suffer for his name's sake as he took the gospel to those who weren't Jewish. And Paul would be going, eh, wait a minute, no, 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 I don't think so. I'd rather, I'd rather stay here. I want to work in Jerusalem. I don't want to go anywhere weird. There doesn't seem to be many stories that talks about laziness. So I kept thinking, is, is this... Is this what we're looking for? Or are we missing something? There's an old word for sloth. The old English word. And it, well, it's an old word in itself and it's sloth. We don't use that in conversations much today, do we? So, you know what I mean? I, I, when we think of sloth, we think of a creature. And we don't mean teenagers. We mean things with three or two... 
The old English word for sloth comes up with these ones. It says slow or inactive. Or another way of putting it, a failure to do the things that one should do. So what I believe the Bible is getting at is a belief that God has got something for you, like he had in the past for everyone that we'll read about in the Bible. I believe he's got something for you to do that no one else can do. I honestly believe that. I, the big doctrine in this church is we believe in the priesthood of all believers. What does that mean? Well, it means this. It means this, that it's not all on me. Isn't that good news? Because we would be in trouble if it was all on me. No, we're all in the same boat. The fact that I get to do stuff with you guys through the week and on the Sunday, it is no more ministry. In fact, it's probably less ministry than what some of you guys are doing through the week. God calls you to be ministers in the place where you go to work. Well, it's easy for me because everyone here is really nice. Well, most people here is really nice. But sometimes where you are, it can be hard going, can't it? God has given you a ministry, maybe in school, maybe in a tough office, maybe on a building site. He's given you a ministry among the places where you live. And we don't all live in the same little place. We, we, we live in a place scattered quite far from, from Tetbury and, and up to, the, what do you call that? Over the hill and up the hill. Um, Bussage. I knew it was up there somewhere. And then down into that Stroud area and Stonehouse. And, yeah, we cover quite a large area. And God has put us there. Because he's got a plan for what he wants to do for you. He's put you, you know, with that weird group, what we call them, um, family. <laughs> so that we can make a difference there. God uses us in our communities. That's why it's part of our vision statement. Centered in communities. Because we're not all doing everything here. We're scattered through the week. And that's why you have a, a ministry to do. You could make a big difference. The first time I heard that, that God was almost real, I was in a modern studies group. You don't have that in England. Modern studies, like new history. That don't even make sense, does it? Like modern history. Um, and I sat, and the, the teacher I had was a guy called Mr. Monroe. Mr. Monroe had two eyes that didn't go in the same direction. Brilliant teacher. But um, if he pointed, you were never quite sure who was in trouble. It was it you or was it the guy sat next to you? It was, um, but uh, one, one day he made a comment. And I can remember it quite clear. We were, talking about, we were talking about the Soviet Union at this point, And we were talking about religion. And I said, well, God isn't real anyway, sir. And he went, oh... Whoa, that's a big statement to say. He says, Steve, maybe, maybe you need to think that one through. Maybe, maybe there's more than what you think. And it was a throwaway comment almost, but it got my brain thinking, God, 
Does she think there's a God? Is there a God? God calls you to make a difference in the community where you are. You know, before he made this world, he had you in mind and what he'd ask you to do. It says this in the Bible, and this is where we're going to read from today. So if you've got a Bible, open it up, and we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2. It'll be on screen if you haven't got one. Or you can open one on your phone. And if you can't be bothered, we call you a sloth. No, 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 no. <laughs> it says this, Ephesians 2. I'm going to read a few verses. The key verse is verse 10, but I want to read you a few verses before it because it sort of almost sets it up for where we're going. It says this, For it is by grace that you have been saved. What is it by that we've been saved? It's grace. Grace. And what is Grace. It's God's riches, the old thing we were taught in Sundays. God's riches at Christ's expense. Something we don't deserve, but God gives it to us because he loves us. For it is grace that you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift, a gift from God. Not by works so that no one can boast. Okay, we don't get saved by what we do. We get saved because it's a gift from God. Now, here's the next bit, and this is what I'm going to focus on. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God has a plan for you to do some good works. This isn't going to save you, okay? This isn't going to make you, I mean, affect your salvation, but God has got a plan for you to make a difference in the world today. This is what, how uh, James puts it. He's a bit more direct, brother of Jesus and all that. He says, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do, but doesn't do it, it's a sin for them. I really believe that God speaks. He doesn't shout and scream, but he, but he, but he whispers. Remember when Elijah was in the cave? It wasn't through the earthquake. It wasn't through, through, through the fire or the wind. But it was in the quiet whisper. That quiet stirring of the heart where he speaks. And that's what he does. He speaks. And he speaks to you. But sometimes we're just not listening. Sometimes it's so loud we don't hear What is he whispering to you? Can you all remember, most of us can, I'm sure looking around to see how many young people are in. Can you remember, sorry Daniel, you won't know this one. Remember Live Aid? You remember back then, all those bands and things, but it all came about because of a news report from Ethiopia where one man saw a man called Bod Gel, Bod Gel, Gel, can't say that, Bod, there we go, I knew you'd get it. <laughs> he heard and did something about it. Imagine if he didn't. 
God speaks and challenges us. As with a great man yesterday. Oh, we, we did, uh, yesterday we did this um, um, course in the morning. It was um, journaling through art. It was like fabulous. Who was on the course? It was really good. Um, where is she? Michelle sort of got it organized for us. But it, she's upstairs. Oh, but it was brilliant. It was really good. Anyway, while I was there, I spoke to this genius. And he gave me a quote. I just want to put it on the screen for you. This is what he said. Um, Apathy is a disease of the modern church. And you know, he's absolutely right. You know, he's absolutely right. Someone's criticizing my spelling, are they? (laughs) Sorry, Scott. I really try. Let me quickly move on and we won't have to look at that anymore. That's the way it sounded to me. That's all I'm saying in his um, funny language. Um, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It can no longer be good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand that gives light to everyone in the room. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. God calls us and uses us. There was this man who I knew. He was 24, and he was the most Welsh person I ever knew. I mean, Ian's pretty good at being Welsh, but Ian Williams, I mean, Williams is good, but Ian, nah. He was called Gareth Clewellyn Owen. Now, that's Welsh. <laughs> and he came from a teeny little place in, in the, between Middle and North Wales, a little tiny place. And when I met him, he had a big heart and he said he felt God call him. And I was like, oh, so where's God called you to? He said, the city. And I was thinking, oh, you're going to Cardiff? He went, no. Swansea? He went, no. God's called me to London. And I looked at him and went, London? No. But yeah, that's where God called. And he trained, did ministry. And then he left. He joined a, a, um, a mission organization called the London City Mission. And for the rest of his life, that's where he served, on the streets of London, telling people the good news. A little whisper made a big difference. Ellie came to me. She was um, 17. She had um, failed her GCSEs. She was trying to go back and redo them, but education didn't work for her. And she, she knew it. She knew even though she'd be back studying it wasn't going to work out. And she was saying, well, what, what is God calling me to and to do? And she said, I feel God is asking me to help in Sunday school. And I thought, oh, okay. So she came and she, she did a, a, um, an apprenticeship with us. She only lasted six months, Ellie. And in this big church, I mean big, we're talking massive church, big Pente- black Pentecostal church, 
And she's a very white, middle-class, beautiful young lady. Called her to come and be their children's minister. And I used to think, is there much about her? Oh, yes. Called to do Sunday school. Called to tell kids about Jesus. And God used her in a mighty way. And she's still today in that church. Leads a massive ministry in Birmingham. What about Roger and Aisha? God put a group of kids in their heart. In a faraway land. And they gave up and went there to serve. What is God saying to you? And it doesn't have to be big. It can be small. And it, you know what I mean? And sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we get it wrong. But it isn't the end because God will whisper again. There's always forgiveness and direction with our God. Me and Rachel went shopping. Oh, don't we love it? <laughs> Food shopping in Tesco's. Woo! It was going so well. We were in and it looked like we were going to get out very quickly. And we're in the queue. And this woman in front took forever. It was like, ah. And she got there and she goes, oh, can I pay? And it took me ages to figure out what was going on. What I didn't realize was the store had a power cut earlier on in the day. And it meant that you couldn't pay by Apple Pay. But she had no other way of paying except by Apple Pay. And it was like, oh. And she went back and forth and back and forth. And then I felt that little nudge from God going, well, you could pay. She was a young woman, and I thought, that just sounds weird, an old fella going up and paying her bill. And I thought, oh, I ain't doing that. It would just sound way too weird and, um, and all that sort of thing. And she phoned her partner. Her partner turned up, and it was, oh, it was chaos. It took forever. Anyway, as we were going to the car, I thought, well, maybe I should have paid. Maybe that was a, a thing from God. And as I got to the car, Rachel turned to me and went, we should have paid that, you know. <laughs> I thought, does it help? <laughs> and she's right. How often does God whisper to us, and we miss it? We are called to make a difference. We're called to be light. God has put us in places to, to make a difference. There's so much darkness in this world. But you're called to, to be light. I was playing golf with my son this, this week. We had a, a couple of hours together. We went to a, a golf course in Gloucester. And as we're playing, um, the people in front were really slow. And the people behind were getting impatient. And, it's, and you're in the middle, and you think, oh, what am I going to do? And uh, anyway, we, we caught up with the people in front, and then I realized why they were slow. You know why they were slow? Because one of them was blind. And I don't mean he couldn't see well. No, he was completely blind. And I was sitting going, how, how can you play? He went, well, they tell me, and they point me in the right direction, and I hit the ball. He says, but he's not very good at finding the ball. <laughs> That's why we're a bit slow. It's not my fault being blind. It's his. Oh, we laughed and laughed. And then as, as they went ahead, as we sort of held back, I was speaking to the people behind. They went, oh, it's very slow. I went, yeah. That's because the guy in front's blind. And they're like, no. I went, really? And we're all looking over. But what a conversation we start to have. 
And sometimes the words that we use can make a difference. And so I was able to talk about, you know what I mean? Well, it's amazing what God can do. People who are blind can see. It was an interesting one. God's blessed me recently because he's given me some opportunities that I haven't taken just yet, but I will. You see, we have great joy in our street because my next-door neighbor has just had a baby. Isn't that good? I could hear the baby crying the other night. It's fabulous when it's not yours, isn't it? (laughs) I ain't getting up. (laughs) But it gives me an opportunity to go and celebrate with them, to take some gifts and to pray. The people on the other side of us, um, the, the people who were there have moved and we've got some new neighbors coming in. They're not in just yet. But again, it's a celebration of people moving in the street can take a casserole round or an apple pie, whatever you do, and introduce ourselves and, and pray for them as well. We're called to make a difference, both big and small. What has God called you to do? Where he's put you in your street, in your community, with your friends, in the games that you play, I'm not sure it's all golf, or the place where you work, or within the family that you're called. How is God using you? Let's just be uh, quiet for a second and just open ourselves to the Holy Spirit and say, use me. Let's see if he whispers to your soul what he wants you to do. Let's just be quiet for a sec. you to look at your hands Father these hands are your hands use them for your glory help us to touch and to heal and to hold those who struggle look at your feet Father these are your feet may we walk into places where you want us Walk into conversations where we can bring love and truth and joy. Help us to walk with people who struggle. Put your hand on your heart. You feel it pumping? Father, this heart is yours. Give it a desire to make a difference in this world. For the people who struggle... May we have a heart for for those who are lonely, those who are broken. Use our hearts, Father. Put your hand in your head. Father, in here there's a brain, and I pray that we'll use it for your glory. 
Feel your muscles. Father, I pray that you give us the strength to do what you've called us to do. So this body's yours. This heart's yours. This soul belongs to you. Use us for your glory in our communities, I pray. Amen.